If you've ever felt like food or exercise is your way to deal with a tough day, boredom, stress, and anything in between, then this episode is especially for you. Welcome to the Non-Diet Nutritionist Podcast, the podcast that promises to deliver a refreshing and no-bullshit approach to how we view food, body, and ourselves. I'm your host, Renee Bartlett, clinical nutritionist turned non-diet nutritionist and coach. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for lending me your ears. And today's episode is really unpacking our emotions around food. And this is a continuation on the conversation that I have with you and talking about some reasons why we overeat. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, maybe go back and have a look because sometimes we think that it's our emotions that is causing us to overeat or binge or go for the same type of food or feeling like we can't have food in our house, when in actual fact, it may be that we're restricting food and not eating enough. So if you want to figure out whether that could be you or not, maybe go back and have a listen. Otherwise, welcome and let's get on with today's episode. Now, just like the overeating component, emotions and emotional eating is another really common thing that women come to me for. And it's no surprise because as women, we carry a lot on our plates and a lot of it comes under perception perception management. I have lost count how many times I have women divulge to me, oh my gosh, I eat uh, all of these chocolates hiding in the pantry or when I get home, I just can't seem to stop eating or I stress eat. I feel like I'm really angry, so I just kind of want to eat things that have got a lot of crunch and chew and all of this stuff. And they feel in one sense, really ashamed to share that with me, but then an overwhelming sense of relief once they've done it. Like, oh my gosh, I could finally tell somebody. And I've even had some women go, you know what? I'm an absolute hot mess, but to everyone else that sees me, I'm this very well manicured, manicured, well put together, got my shit sorted kind of woman. And I think this is probably why emotional eating affects women even more. Of course, this is the world according to me. I have no statistics to back that up. But you think about it. Everything that we do is, you know, we try to keep our shit together. We feel like we need to be compared against other women, other mums, other working women, you name it. And we want to have our shit together, you know? Um, So often our way to deal with that is in private and turning to food. And this can be something that has begun over time because maybe as kids, you learnt that food made you feel good. Super common, you know, think of a time when you're a child, maybe you're upset and crying, maybe having a tantrum, and then some well-meaning adult came over and said, shh, be quiet, you'll be okay here, have an ice cream, you'll feel better. And suddenly you feel better. And so you correlate eating ice cream with feeling better or whatever other food it is. So can you see like that's a little pattern that's been built up over time that soon as an adult, you're still treating your emotions or feeling bad about yourself or dealing with stress or dealing with a really shitty situation, but you're dealing with it as though you would have as a, as a kid, you know, ice cream makes you feel good. Um, so 
I guess in this episode, what I really want to highlight for you is the reasons behind emotional eating and then some things that you can do to start to become more aware of why you may be turning to food in order to deal with your emotions. Now, there's other layers on top of this. There's certain professions or even certain um, lifestyles, you know, if you're a single mother, if you are somebody that has a very demanding job, if you are someone that's a shift worker, if you're someone in the military emergency services, you tend to have a whole other layer of, of stress. So what I mean by that is we have the societal stress of looking a certain way, eating a certain way, being perfect in all forms, um, which I've spoken about in previous episodes. But then you have got the expectations within your job. You know, I've got to be the best mother. I've got to be perform at my job. I have to be good at this. I have the physical constraints of, you know, I have shift work and I have all of these extra components that add in other layers. And then the, the, the job in of itself, you know, if you're an emergency service worker, you know, you have a very demanding job. If you're in the military, you have a very demanding job. Corporate, you have certain deadlines and things. So all of these things, plus the societal expectations, plus the roles that you play at home, really start to have an effect on your emotions. Um, Now, my personal experience when I was in the military is there certainly was no place to show your emotions. And this is very common in very male-dominated career places because you tend to want to take on the identity to fit in, which is the male identity, which is you don't show emotions, emotions mean weakness, and you don't want to be seen as weak, right? It's almost like if you cry, it's not the issue as to why you're crying, but the fact that you're a female and you can't deal with your emotions. I have had personal experience with this. Some of you may have also But what I want to highlight in this is that this kind of adds another reason as to why we tend to hide how we really feel and it gets bottled up and we deal with it in other ways, sometimes with food. Um, For me, I was someone that dealt with my emotions through exercise. Uh, So I can look back and see spikes in my fitness pursuits or certain goals. And what was really interesting is I then looked either side of that and was going, well, what was going on in my life at that time? And there were definite significant stresses that were contributing to that. So for example, uh, one time that, that I can describe that was really clear in both me hiding my emotions and having a spike in my fitness to deal with it was around the time that I was going through my divorce. So I was about um, 23, 24 years old, uh, newly promoted corporal, and I was dealing with all the the issues and things that come from having a divorce. You know, it was the first person I'd ever lived with, uh, you know, outside of a barracks environment. So now I was living on my own. I had to um, show up for work. I had to do all of these things that are expected of you. And and I was still really young, you know, still trying to figure out who I was. And I was dealing with the emotional component of, you know, someone no longer being in your life. And I can remember just wanting to cry all the time, but I'm at work and I'm in my uniform and I put on this facade and I can remember going into um, 
my vehicle bay. So I had a vehicle and all of the radio equipment allocated to me. And I can remember going in there. It was lunchtime because I knew everyone was away. And I went in there and I laid in the back of the the truck. Um, Oh, sorry, the Rover it was, not the truck, the Rover. And uh, I locked the bay door and I remember laying in the back there crying for like 40 minutes. Just cry, cry, cry. I did that most days. No one knew that was happening, but that was my way of getting it out of my system and no one would see it and then I would crack on with my day. And, I mean, it's really sad when I think back and go, I couldn't be open about how I really felt, but that was how I dealt with it. So I really didn't want anyone to see that I was this crying soldier. Um, I had to put on this front. So, anyway, I did that, but I also uh, got right into running. I would run morning, night. I never was into running before this, and I actually got really good at it. Uh, Very surprising to me because early on in my career I was not a runner. I hated running, but that was my stress outlet because it was the only time that I felt like I wasn't thinking about anything. I wasn't, you know, worrying about going home. I wasn't stressed or worried. All I had to worry about was putting one foot in front of the other and running. And so... That was my way to cope with it. I was very much putting away my emotions and just running. And you might be thinking, well, there's nothing wrong with running. There's nothing wrong with exercise. And you're right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the intent behind it and what is driving me to do that is what started to become an issue. And it's the same with emotional eating. There's absolutely nothing wrong if you want to eat a tub of ice cream. There's absolutely nothing wrong if you want to have a piece of chocolate cake. There's absolutely nothing wrong if you want to sit there and eat a bag of chips. But if it becomes a habit that you're doing every day or more frequently than you would like, and the reason is that is how you cope with an emotion, it means that you're not actually dealing with that emotion. And there are other ways that you can deal with it in ways that isn't over-exercising, that isn't overeating, that isn't binging on food. Now, emotional eating isn't just with some of the more obvious emotions like anger or stress or anxiety, but sometimes it can be a way to deal with pain. So if you have a chronic illness or you have an injury, anything that causes some kind of physical pain can also be a reason why people turn to food. And that is because it's a way to kind of numb it out, distract you and not have you thinking about the pain that you're actually feeling in your body. So I guess the main theme that underpins all of this and tends to be a common reason why as women we we tend to turn to food for emotions is that we somehow kind of reject that feminine side. We kind of want to take on the masculine side of being strong, not cry and push on regardless. And we can still do that. We can still be strong women, but there's not anything inherently weak by you putting your hand up and saying, I need help, or this event is making me cry and making me sad. It's not weak to show emotion, and it is most definitely not weak to ask for help. And embracing the feminine side does not make you weak at all. And this was one of the biggest lessons that I learned in undoing my belief system left over from my military service was feeling comfortable not only in sharing my emotions, all of it, not just crying, not just being angry, not just being anxious or whatever, but embracing that and going, this is just a part of who I am. It's part of human nature to be in a range of emotions. 
So again, we can link the emotions that we have as women, or I should say the our feelings that we need to hide them, almost comes down to these other thoughts that we carry on, which is around people pleasing. You know, we don't want people to think that we can't do something or that we can't be all things. And you know, keeping up appearances that we're perfect and that we've got our shit together. Um, All of these things can kind of create this feeling that we need to hide how we actually are feeling when that is not the case. And half the battle can be just putting your hand up and saying, hey, I am a strong woman and I also feel all of my emotions. You know, I think kind of changing that narrative about what a strong woman actually is and realize that it's actually okay to not have your shit together all the time. That doesn't mean that you're weak. Doesn't mean anything about you. So I think once you start to realize why you may be turning to food as a way to cope, that is kind of the first process in starting to turn it around. As I always say, awareness precedes change. Once you are aware of why you do something, then it makes it so much easier to change. So here's how you can start the process to figure this out for yourself. You can start to notice whether there are any patterns. So maybe it's a time of day thing for you. Maybe it's related to particular conversations that you've had throughout the day. Maybe it's a habit thing. So maybe, um, of an evening, you sit in a certain chair and you have always watched a certain show eating a certain food. And that kind of is your way to deal with the emotional stresses of the day. Maybe that's it for you. Maybe it's around certain people. So getting familiar with those patterns can really help you uncover some of the triggers. But another way to do this also is to think about the feelings that you have just before you're about to eat this food, because our feelings are driven by our thoughts. So if you can start to tap into the feeling that you have, that can make it a little bit easier to try and figure out what you were thinking and therefore what is the trigger, what is the circumstance, or what is the feeling that you're trying to create. So this leads into the second part, which is how is this food serving you? What is this food giving you? Um, And if it's not food, it might be exercise, but what is the food or the exercise giving you? How is it serving you? And you might be a little bit confused by this question because you're like, it's not giving me anything. It's causing me extra stress. It's causing me concern. And whilst that is accurate, that may be the case, in that moment, it is giving you something. It may be a distraction. It may be joy. It may be a happy memory. It might be taking you to a place where you don't have to sit with your feelings and really face it. Whatever it is doing that food in that moment, it is what has kept you safe for however long you've been doing it. And this is a really different mind shift to think of because often we think of this as this annoying thing, this thing that we just have to deal with or this other part of ourselves that's wrong and needs to be fixed. That couldn't be further from the truth. By doing this, by turning to food or exercise, it has kept you safe because Those emotions maybe were too much for you to deal with just by sitting in the thoughts, or maybe you didn't have people that you could go to for help. And this was the only way that you could process and move through and just get on with your life. Maybe having this emotional eating component of your life has enabled you to show up and work and be the parent that you've needed to be, particularly 
if you were on your own. So there's all these unpacking components and I'm sure each of you have got a very different and unique story as to why food has been there to help you. But the picture that I want to paint for you, and this is the overarching way that I like to coach my clients in everything we do, but particularly when it comes to emotions, is you need to meet yourself with kindness and compassion. And this is what kindness and compassion for yourself looks like. So let's say, for example, you realize some patterns or you realize a trigger, and maybe this is something that's been going on for a while for you. By applying some kindness and compassion, you will look at that with curiosity and go, huh, isn't that interesting that I turn to food every time I feel really stressed? And it's a particular food. I tend to go for foods that are like really crunchy and and nutty and I just get carried away with it. And in that moment, I feel like the stress dissipates. I feel like I'm able to handle things a little bit better and I move on. Isn't that interesting? I wonder where that has come from. Okay. Can you see that that is, there's no judgment. There's no ill feeling. There's no going down a rabbit hole of guilt of why did I do this? I'm so bad. Why couldn't I just deal with stress? I deal with everything else in my life, you know, so on and so forth. Having that kindness and compassion in the forefront of your mind when you start exploring these things can stop you creating a whole other model of stress or anxiety or something for you to now deal with. Because there is a reason why you have turned to food or exercise to deal with whatever it is that you need to deal with. And you need to kind of look at yourself with a new lens. That is really the underpinning of this. And it can be really difficult. I acknowledge that because we are taught to beat ourselves up and that we are the problem and that we need to fix ourselves and, you know, we shouldn't be acting this certain way and we should just have our shit together. Um, If there's anything that you've kind of learned so far in listening to this podcast, but especially this episode is you're not going to get anywhere by constantly telling yourself how shit you are. That's just, it just doesn't work. Um, that's not how you would expect someone to talk to you. That's not how you would want to talk to your friends. And it's exactly the same when we start to unpack our emotions around food. So I just want you to try and think about that when you do start to, you know, kind of go down and figure out why this could be happening for you and how it can be serving you. So once you figured that out, you then get to make a choice. You get to make a choice whether you want to learn to deal with your emotions in new ways or whether you want to continue doing this. You always have a choice. And maybe part of this is learning new ways to deal with whatever it is that's triggering you. Maybe it's creating a new outlet that doesn't always involve food or exercise. Maybe it's involving talking to a friend or getting therapy or maybe speaking to someone like myself that can help you specifically with the coaching around the intuitive eating behaviors and emotions around food. So there's always different avenues you can go, but it's your choice to make. But if nothing else, here's what I would love you to take away from this episode. It is okay to be yourself. It is okay to show your emotions, whatever they happen to be. As women, we are conditioned to be the good girl, be perfect, to just not be loud, to just shut up and play along. Fuck that. Honestly, fuck that. 
If you have got something to say, say it. If something is stressing you out, say it. If something is making you angry or mad, get it out. The point is part of this problem could be solved just by us allowing ourselves to feel all the feels and confront the issue and to be our authentic self. The more that we try to hide away who we are and suppress who we are and suppress our emotions, the more these emotional eating things are going to keep being there. Speak your mind, ladies. Speak it and be unapologetically you. Okay, so here's your something to think about for today. There is nothing wrong with sharing my shit with others. I don't have to ignore my emotions anymore. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and take care of yourself. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. And you can find me across all social media at The Non Diet Nutritionist. This is the place to go if you want to join my free email list and get heaps of non diet nutrition content. Also, to learn more about my one on one three month coaching package that I take my clients through to go from confused to confident with their food in a non diet approach. 